Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. It is episode 54. Hope everybody had a really good week this week. Um, we're going to got all sorts of stuff to cover this week. We're going to be talking a little bit of football, basketball, baseball. Um, and then this week's top five, we're going to be dealing with the top five best individual performances this season from Texas Tech athletes. So let's jump right into it. Um, Yes, it is the off season, but we do still got some news to, to talk through specifically, uh, you know, with some preseason stuff and some movements. So football this week, we had another publication come out and they have predicted uh, Texas Tech is going to go four and eight in the upcoming season. Now, the interesting thing about this publication is they said that um, Texas Tech is going to defeat Oklahoma to finish off the season. So, um, like I've I've been on record multiple times um, already, and and again I will have my official prediction when we get into August. I think this team could get themselves to a six and six, seven and five record. I think they have the talent. Um, the non-conference schedule is going to be rough. Playing uh, two teams that that are being listed as top 10, top 15 teams in Houston and NC State. I think the Houston game is winnable. I think if you go get to 2-1 and one in, uh, in the non-con, I think you have a very good shot at getting yourself to that 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five mark. Because again, I think you've got a very murky middle of the Big 12 that a lot of the teams are just about on par with each other. So... Um, the other thing that's going to be interesting to see with this football season is you've got probably the the home opponents that um, you've got the top half of the Big 12 coming to you. The Texases, the Oklahomas, the Baylors. Can you get at least one win out of those top tier teams? And I think you can. Um, now, the debate's going to be which one is it going to be. We'll talk about that when I get to my official predictions, but I disagree with the writer. Um, bottom line, I don't think this team is going to go four and eight. Um, I really do believe that this team can get themselves to that six win mark and a bowl berth. Uh, you know, even with the tough non-conference schedule, um, talent-wise, I think you have enough talent to get to that six win mark. I'm excited about the football season. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. We should be getting to a point pretty quickly. By the way where a new Big 12 commissioner is going to be named. I'm on record. Um, I, I want it to be Kirby Hocutt. I think he would be the best man for the job. I think the Tech Athletic Department is in a fantastic shape. I think he's he's gotten to a point where he's he's worked himself out of a job, which is, which is a good quality of a leader. And I think you're going to have either a great internal hire or even an external hire for the next athletic director. So maybe by next week we will have um, a new athletic director or not a new athletic, a new Big 12 commissioner, and I'm hoping it's Kirby. As far as other big news this week uh, with uh, Texas Tech sports, um, basketball, um, congratulations to both Bryson Williams and Adonis Arms. They were able to uh, uh, get a, they are on a summer league team. Um, Bryson is going to be playing for the Miami Heat and then Adonis Arms is going to be playing for the Denver Nuggets. I'm hoping and I'm rooting for uh, Davion Warren to get a shot um, in the NBA Summer League. You know, um, so hopefully a team will take a chance on him. 
other basketball news this week. We we haven't had a whole lot of movement. Um, I think the obviously I think the the roster is is complete at this point. Um, unless there is a you know some sort of last minute pickup, last minute transfer, we should be getting pretty soon the reveal of the uh, rest of the schedule. We already know Tech is going to be playing in the Maui Invitational. That's going to be fun. They're going to be playing um, in the Big East, Big 12 Challenge, Georgetown, here in Lubbock. And then uh, in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, they'll be playing LSU. So hopefully pretty soon we'll get a little bit more indication of what the schedule is going to look like coming up. So baseball, we're, we're in the midst of the College World Series. I'm on record. I'll tell you right now, I am for Ole Miss. Here's why I'm for Ole Miss. It does the least amount of damage to Texas Tech. I'm, I'm grateful for Oklahoma. They knocked out our two biggest enemies, Texas and Texas A&M, which, by the way, University of Texas, two and done. <laughs> the best money can buy, right? <laughs> um, so, but at this point, you are, you are in the same recruiting conversations as Oklahoma and you get them a nas- another national championship. That's a good selling point on their part. So Ole Miss, I need you to beat Oklahoma. That's going to be the best scenario for Tech. It should be a fun series, by the way. Um, you know, this is a very interesting matchup. You know, Ole Miss, for a lot of the regular season, their coach was on the brink of getting fired. I mean, in fact, most sources believe that their coach uh, was going to be fired if they didn't make the tournament. They did enough in the SEC conference tournament to make the tournament. Then they were able to go on this run in the regionals, super regionals, and now into the College World Series. Oklahoma, kind of the same way. They got really hot towards the end. You know, I can attest as a Texas Tech fan, extremely talented team you know, top to bottom, you know, they ended up taking three of four games from Texas Tech when it was all said and done. So should be a fun matchup. Um, I'm ready for it to be over, you know, and ready to jump into the next Texas Tech season, but should be a fun, fun matchup nonetheless. So we st- we are in the offseason, obviously, and one of the things um, I'm going to be doing is, you know, kind of some top, top five lists. Um, I would encourage you, if you've not listened to the last two episodes, uh, 52 and 53, uh, episode 52, I did the top five best moments of this sports year of Texas Tech Athletics, and then last week, we kind of got to the negative. We did the top five uh, worst moments in the Texas Tech Athletics season this year. What I'm going to do today is we're going to do the top five best individual performances that Texas Tech had in this athletic season. So um, go ahead and pull out my list. Oh, behind the scenes of the Chris Carpenter Show, I just dropped the list on the floor. So we're going to go ahead and hold on one second. So let's get to our top five. These are the top five individual performances um, that of Texas Tech athletes in this athletic season. So I will tell you this, number five and four are from the same game. It was such a great game. I I have to comment on two fantastic individual performances. So number five is Donovan Smith 
against Iowa State. You know, that was uh, Donovan Smith's first start. Um, and I got to tell you, hugely, extremely impressive start on, uh, on his part. Um, you know, and then he had the great uh, follow-up at the Liberty Bowl. But, you know, to me, once uh, that Iowa State game is it's made me it's made me a believer in Donovan Smith and um, you know it does look like we're gonna have Tyler Shuck as the starter but it makes me feel better to know if, if Shuck uh, goes down or we need to make a quarterback change that we've got Donovan Smith um, still there and just uh, you know he helped win us the game you know we got off to the fast start against Iowa State and you know just real impressive also from that game, this is my number four. We're going with Jonathan Garibay, the kicker, lining up, kicking that 50-plus yarder field goal to defeat Iowa State and make Texas Tech Bowl eligible. Um, I was watching it live, and you know, I just thought that is way too long of a kick for a college kicker to make, and, and Garibay proved me wrong. And, you know, probably probably the best moment of tech football that we have had in probably almost a decade was that Iowa State game, the, uh, the kick by Garibay to win, win the game and send Texas Tech uh, into bowl eligibility. Number three is Kurt Wilson's performance against the University of Texas. So let me recap what Kurt Wilson did against the University of Texas this year. So Friday night, he steals home to end the game. Who, who sees that? Who, how many times have we seen that happen? But he wasn't done yet. The next day, on Saturday, he follows it up with a walk-off grand slam to win game two, take the series for Texas Tech. You know, they don't call him Clutch Kurt for nothing. He was Clutch Kurt not only against Texas, but even, you know, go back a few years ago against Oklahoma State. Um, I'm going to miss him. That will be a big loss for Texas Tech baseball. So number two, there's not a specific game, but Birdsell and Morris basically throughout the entire Big 12 conference season, those two gave you a heck of a performance through multiple games it really enabled you to have some struggles with the Sunday starter. You know, when we talked about it quite a bit throughout the baseball season, you know, Tech had some struggles with their Sunday starter. I think a lot of the struggles was because Chase Hampton was injured. I think once Chase Hampton got back to 100%, you know, the he was he was back to being a pretty quality starter himself, but you know, through those Sunday struggles and midweek struggles too, by the way, you know, Birdsell Morris were a very reliable. I mean, they just would, and then it's even when we, even when the bats were struggling, they were able to get you some wins. And so I think both of those guys probably are not coming back. I think both of them are going to end up being drafted, but you know, without those two guys, you're not in a regional you're not one game back of winning the Big 12 championship. And my number one individual performance by a Texas Tech athlete this year goes to Bryson Williams against Kansas. He loves to play Kansas. 
You go back to when he was at UTEP last year. They went up to Lawrence and played Kansas, and he had a heck of a performance there too. Both games against Kansas, he he couldn't miss. He was always in the right spot to get some get some points, make some defensive plays, and you know I, I'm I'm ecstatic for Bryson Williams that he's gonna get a chance to play in the NBA with uh with the Miami Heat summer league team. I think you know Miami is gonna get he got themselves a steal with uh, Bryson Williams, and you know I think the good thing with him being on a on a summer league team, even if for some reason Miami doesn't. Uh, you know, pick him, have him be part of their roster come fall. I think he's going to be able to show enough in these summer league games to be able to hopefully garner a call from another NBA franchise. But you know, he, he loved to play Kansas. He always came out in the big moments, and certainly against Kansas, he was he was unstoppable. So um, that's it for the top five list this week. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do next week as far as our top five list. Um, I'm still working on it, but we will we will get there. We'll go ahead and take a break, and then when we come back, it will be time for listener questions. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Um, it's now time for listener questions. Again, there's the two best ways to ask questions. Number one is follow the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is at the C Carp Show. You can also follow the official TikTok of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is simply the Chris Carpenter Show. So let's get to our questions. We've got Ryan from Lubbock. Ryan from Lubbock asks about my thoughts on who is going to win the Stanley Cup. And that is going to be coming down to the wire. Uh, tomorrow night is game six, and currently we've got the Avalanche with a 3-2 to two lead over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay won last night, and it was in Colorado, so we're shifting back to Tampa this, uh, this uh, Sunday night. I'm going to say Colorado wins. Um, I, think, I think there's a very strong chance we're going to have a game seven. But, you know, it's going to shift back to Colorado. I think the Avalanche can can get it done. Uh, the Avalanche have found enough ways to win three games. They only got to win one more game. Tampa still has to win two games. So I'm leaning towards the Avalanche. And I'll be honest with you, that's who I'm for. I, I am totally on the Avalanche train. And I think they're going to win. So good question, to, uh, Ryan in Lubbock. So we've got Rob from Spearman, home of the Lynx, also the home of Krista Gerlich. And he asks, do you think Mark Adams and Chris Beard are still friends? Yes, I do. I, um, now, are they close friends like they used to be? No, I think there's definitely, I think the, there definitely has been and was um, some strain to the friendship with the way that Beard left and some of the things that he said there have been accounts that when Beard came back February 1st for the Tech Texas game here at the USA, that there was some sort of confrontation with Mark Adams. Um, now Mark Adams really played it off, um, but I, I yeah I do think I do think there's a they're still friends. Now are they close good friends? No, um, but Mark Adams strikes me as a guy that 
you know, is very willing to let bygones be bygones. And, you know, if there's strain on the friendship, it's on the beard end of things. But I do think they're still friends. So, um, Aaron from Friona, home of the Chiefs. If you were Tim Tadlock, do you look at making the move to an SEC school sooner than later? Well, here's what I would ask Aaron uh, from Friona. What will Tim Tadlock have at an SEC school that he doesn't have at Texas Tech? Um, he's proven he can get to the College World Series at Tech. Um, he's basically has what's what's basically a lifetime contract. Um, he basically will get paid, I think, whatever he wants to be paid uh, by the athletic department here at Tech. Um, I think the one big thing, and, and, and they're working on it, they may not just be working on it as, as quickly as, as a lot of us baseball fans want, is there needs to be more renovation of the facilities. Yes, Texas Tech uh, baseball is getting a new clubhouse, but I think they're also, and this has been a conversation um, that that's been had on some po other podcasts the last couple weeks, um, there is a need probably to renovate Dan Law Field. Um, you know, amongst the renovations that probably need to happen is a little bit of the expansion of seating. I would extend the canopy to cover more of the uh, other, uh, more of the seats, uh, have more, um, you know, theater style seats instead of the bleacher style seats. I think that's coming. Um, certainly, I think the money is there. You know, right now, you know, we're in the midst of the south end zone being renovated, football getting a new facility, baseball getting a clubhouse. I do think um, if Kirby's here or whoever um, comes in, if Kirby goes to the Big 12 commissionership, probably the, 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 the next big project is going to be the renovation of Dan Law Field. So having said all that, I just, I don't foresee, you know, a&M came after Tadlock. University of Texas came after Tadlock, and he 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 rebuffed both of them. And so, unless there's a massive shift, and I know some people are arguing with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, you're going to see this massive shift in the Big Twelve where they're going to drop down into a you know not a non-power five conference. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, in baseball, I think you still have enough um, quality here in the baseball, and I think Tadlock's looking out. You know, he's been to Omaha four times with this Texas Tech team, and I, I think in his mind, you know, why would he? Why would he leave um, Texas Tech and go to some random SEC school? Uh, what benefit would there be to him? Um, you know, if he leaves, he's basically saying, I have a better chance of winning a national championship at this random SEC school than at Tech. And I would disagree. I think you, I think you still have a stronger shot at winning a national championship at Texas Tech. You know, Texas Tech, um, if Texas Tech has a solid season in baseball, I think if they won the Big 12 this year, they probably would have been hosting the regionals because I think... I think the NCAA tournament committee, they want a place like Lubbock hosting the regionals because they know they're going to get a big crowd. So you're going to, 
if when you have solid seasons and you're you're going to have a, a better likelihood of winning the conference, having more solid seasons in the Big 12 at Texas Tech and getting yourself to that host line for regional and super regionals than going to, you know, uh you know, Alabama or, you know, Georgia or wherever in the SEC and play. So I, I don't foresee Tadlock leaving. I, I think, I think he's good. I think he will leave on his own terms and, and, um, I don't see him going to another college baseball program. LSU came calling too, by the way, and, and he rebuffed them. So I think he's here to stay at least for a while, lot while longer. So Doug from Eunice asks, Rugrats, Doug, Rocco's Modern Life, Hey Arnold, Ren and Stimpy, what was your jam in the 90s cartoon world? So all of those are your Nicktoons. And I would here's how I here's how I would rank them. Um, I would say at the bottom on this list, I'd probably put Hey Arnold. I never really got into Hey Arnold. I mean, I've seen a few episodes but nothing that really, you know, it just wasn't my favorite. I would then probably put Ren and Stimpy next um, in that bottom. Ren and Stimpy was one of those shows, um, you know, I've seen a lot of the episodes. That was one of those shows like, like my parents wouldn't let me watch um, for a long time. And so, um, but even looking back now, seeing some of, the, some of them now through my adult lenses, it's not a funny show. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a disgusting show. So I would put that kind of near the bottom, and then you've got Rocco's Modern Life. I'd put that next. Fun show. Probably doesn't hold up as well as the top two, and the top two I would put Rugrats number two and Doug number one. Doug, I really enjoyed Doug. The Nickelodeon years, Doug, is really good. Now, when it got Disney-fied, eh, not so much, but that would be my jams. All right, good question. We've got Orenthal. I think he uh, I think he uh, wrote to us last week. This time he's in Pecos, so I guess he, he drove his white Bronco to Pecos this week. And he asks, how far does Big 12 basketball drop in national prestige when Texas and Oklahoma make the move to the SEC? Well, Orenthal, I'm going to take a stab at this uh, question. And I don't think it's going to drop that much in prestige. You know, Oklahoma, Texas, I would not put them in the upper half tier of quality basketball programs in the Big 12. Uh, They certainly haven't been that as of late. You know, you're still going to have Baylor. I think Baylor's going to keep rocking and rolling as long as uh, Scott Drew is there. Um, I think, you know, you obviously Texas Tech, I think, is here to stay. Uh, they, they've, they've proven they're willing to pour the resources and the quality of coaching staff. They're going to still be in the Big 12. Iowa State, I think, is obviously they're always a strong uh, conference team. And let's talk about the big giant gorilla in the room, Kansas. They're still in the Big 12, in this new Big 12. Oklahoma State, they have a better basketball tradition than Oklahoma. They're going to still be in the Big 12. You know, um, TCU, Jamie Dixon, maybe he's got something going. Maybe not. We'll see. They're still in the Big 12. You know, uh, you've got, who else? Who am I missing? Kansas State. 
they they got work to do. West Virginia, pretty solid right now with Bob Huggins, but how long? much longer is he going to coach? You know, should be interesting. And then let's talk about the new Big 12 teams. You're bringing in Houston, who has a better basketball history than both Texas and Oklahoma with the five slamma jamma and everything that went on with Guy Lewis. Cincinnati, better basketball tradition than uh, Texas and Oklahoma. You know, they've, they won national championships in the 1960s. They were very hot when uh, Bob Huggins was there and Mick Cronin, you know. BYU, I think, is very underrated uh, college basketball tradition with Jimmer Fredette, Sean Bradley. You know, Central Florida is probably the outlier in the new one. But I don't, I don't foresee the, the Big 12 prestige falling off at all. Um, I think Texas and Oklahoma maybe enhances the SEC a little bit. But I, I still would rank the Big 12 up there as the best conference, even when Texas and Oklahoma leave. I don't think it hurts the prestige at all so all right we've got zelda from alpine disney world or disneyland i've never been to disney world i've been to disneyland four times so by default i would say disneyland Um, i would like to go to disney world at some point someday we'll see what happens and then finally we have uh quint from robert lee what are your fourth of july traditions do your celebration plans change this year with the erosion of freedoms we've seen recently? All right, I'm not going to address the second part of the question. I think Quint needs to go cry somewhere else about that. Um, let's talk about Fourth of July traditions. Uh, so I always, always, always find time during the Fourth of July to read the Declaration of Independence because I think it is an important document to reflect back to why we're celebrating what we're celebrating. I always try to watch a patriotic movie in and around 4th of July, whether it be Top Gun or or The Patriot. Certainly The Patriot would be one uh, I would watch. Beyond that, I really don't have uh, like a traditional food item or anything like that. Um, You know, there's been a lot of 4th 4th of July's I've been traveling. You know, last year, 4th of July, I was at Mount Rushmore. That was fun. Um, the year before we were in COVID year, I was at El Paso. I don't remember doing much. I swam. So, um, and then a few years ago, I was in Alaska for the 4th of July, another fun trip. But yeah, I don't really necessarily have a traditional 4th of July thing. I do remember growing up, we used to go to the Pecos Rodeo. And if you've never been to the Pecos Rodeo, it's the world's first rodeo, by the way, but that used to be in and around the 4th of July and I remember, you know, getting to go to the rodeo and you had Quail Dobbs. He was the best rodeo clown ever. Um, he would do this like stunt with the car where the car would blow up and make fireworks. So I, I probably remember those Fourth of Julys more uh, than anything. But no, I don't necessarily have a quote unquote Fourth of July tradition. So um, good questions this week. Again, make sure you're following the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter show, which is at the C Carp show. You can also follow the official TikTok of the Chris Carpenter show, which is simply the Chris Carpenter show. All right. I'm going to take a break. And then when we come back, we will get to the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter 
tip of the week. And um, this week's tip of the week is a little bit of historical tip of the week. On Thursday, we celebrated and commemorated the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And very significant uh, piece of legislation Title IX is. This is this is what really opened the door for uh, girls' athletics, women's athletics to come into play. And so, what my tip of the week is is if you is if you've never watched a girls' athletic event sport, watch it. Um, there's some there's some really high quality, and you know I, I'm lucky living where I live. Um, you know my high my school district. We probably have more success in the girls' athletics than the boys. Um, we just got we got a great girls' basketball team, girls' volleyball, very very solid. And then certainly, you know, t- the the history of girls' basketball in this area. You know, you've got whether it be in the high school level with the Nazareth girls, Texas Tech, LCU, South Plains College. You've got some really solid uh, girls' athletics, and then certainly softball and everything. As well, which by the way, I, I neglected to mention. I'll get back to my tip of the week in a minute. Two, con- uh, two kudos and congratulations. Number one, kudos and congratulations to our new softball coach. Um, I'm excited and hope hope he's able to kind of put it back together. And then also the Lady Raiders, they they were able to gain a commitment from the number one junior college player. And you know, Krista Gerlich is she she was handed. A pretty big mess left over from Marlene Stallings and all of that, and she has done a very good job of rebuilding it. The one missing link is kind of the winds coming in spurts, and I, um, I think I think we're almost on the brink of that. And hopefully, the Lady Raiders being back to what the Lady Raiders used to be. But getting back to what I was saying about Title IX, um, you know, girls athletics, they're they're very solidly entertaining. You know, and so if you're a basketball fan, you know, watch watch girls basketball. You know, volleyball. I'm telling you, volleyball is a fun sport to watch. You know, when I was when I was in school at LCU, we didn't have football. And so our fall sport that we all went to watch was volleyball. And it's an exciting sport. You know, softball, fun sport to watch. So that would be my tip of the week. You know, find a girls uh, girls athletic um, sport to watch and you know, give give them a chance. So that is it for this week's uh, Chris Carpenter show. Um, I will be back this Wednesday, and I'm going to drop a massive, massive tease for you. This Wednesday, we're going to do a midweek madness of the Chris Carpenter show, and it is history making. We are going to make history on the Chris Carpenter show this Wednesday for midweek madness. You don't want to miss it. So make sure watch out for that. Uh, I'm not going to give you any other details about Midweek Madness, but it is coming back um, this Wednesday. I will be back with my regularly scheduled episode next Saturday. Um, It may drop a little bit late. I'm going to be doing some traveling um, next week, but it will, I will um, be recording, but I hope everybody has a good week. Everybody try to stay cool. I know it's, we're kind of getting into the summer now and I will see you next week on the Chris Carpenter show.